Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Yo, what is up? It is your boy Johnny Mags back at you once again for another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am joined as always with Dan Garcia. And we are live in full effect here at Halo Haven headquarters here in Riverside, California. We got a couple of guests in the audience today in the studio, so welcome to our guests. We'll probably bring them on in a little bit, but uh we're just we're gonna get into it again as we always do. Um quick shout out to everyone who uh, listens, Lamar and and uh, Duncan over there in Dead Horse, Alaska. Thank you guys for sending in your emails. Very local, uh, loyal listeners of ours. So, big shout out to you guys, um, dude. Uh, just I think this week has been a not great. Well, not great at all. I mean, the whole season in a nutshell. But uh, it's just to me, I don't know about you, but this this week I wasn't too invested, uh, like worried about watching the games as I was maybe last week. I don't know why, but I mean, it was a lackluster week, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's something that's it's happening more and more as the season goes on, and, and Angels kind of get more and more out of uh, contention for that last wild card spot. Um, I think we've seen it too, say with emails and just general responses. But um, you know, you still see some of these young players coming up, like like a Ward, like a Fletcher. Um, September call-ups are right around the corner, so I'm sure you'll probably see some young talent come up during that time, and hopefully that kind of sparks the Angels to at least. Um, Finish the season above 500, the realistic chance of them making the playoffs are very slim. But if they can finish the uh, season above 500, I think, you know, it, it'll be a good way to finish out the season. Yeah, this week was kind of, uh, I feel like it was the season in a nutshell, man. Um, uh, just a rough week. Let's get into it. Week in review. We recorded on Thursday and the Angels had a game that day um, against the Texas Rangers. The Angels lost that game 8-6. to six. Uh, It was a bullpen game from the very beginning. Cole pitched one inning. He gave up two hits, three earned runs, three walks, one strikeout. The The crazy thing about this game, though, Daniel, was that the Angels jumped ahead real early. They were up 5 nothing in the blink of an eye. And then before you knew it, they're down 8-6. You know, it just I, – I, the Rangers just roared back. And the good, that's the thing about the Rangers. They're probably the worst team well, – one of the worst teams in the American League, definitely the – you know, bottom end bottom dwellers in the American League West, but their team offensively can score runs, and they showed it to us that day. Angels up five nothing early, just ended up losing eight to six. Yeah, I mean that huge eighth inning by the Texas where they got four runs. Um, you know, with these bullpen games, to me it's kind of tricky. Like the only pitcher that go more than one inning was Noe Ramirez, and he pitched two. Yeah. So I, the bullpen has been doing good this season, but when they're put in situations like that, I haven't necessarily been a fan of just because. There's a bunch of guys in the situations they're not used to, whether it's pitching the third inning when they're normally maybe a seventh, sixth inning guy. Yeah. So uh, we've said it before, 
baseball players are creature of habits. When you get them out of that comfort zone, how are they going to react? Are they going to feel comfortable? Are they going to feel like they need to, instead of knowing they have one inning, are they going to try a little bit harder to, to um, space themselves out to go two innings and maybe now their stuff isn't as good as uh, in a normal situation? But, yeah, um, Angels got up quick but just could not hold the lead uh, going into that game. I guess a highlight or low light if you're an Angel fan of this game was they got tripled up by the Texas Rangers on uh, a play. Yeah, at least not something you see every day, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, we're, we were here when it happened. We're like, oh, you checked your phone. You're like, yeah, Angels got tripled up. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, and and, and seeing up. the response online, people felt, and, and going back and seeing the game too, that's where kind of the momentum just kind of just got sucked right out of the building. Well, yeah, for, for bases loaded, yeah. no ounce, and triple play. You're trying to get over. at least one, maybe two yeah. in that situation, easy. And, and and the way the triple play happened, it wasn't necessarily something that, like, oh, what are they doing? It's horrible base running. It was one of those things where it was a shot line drive to third base. Ward is, is, is you know, getting that secondary lead. So by the time the ball gets to him, he's already a couple steps off the base. The guy touches catches the ball, touches the base, and then they get a tag out. It's, it just happened so quick that I don't necessarily if you can do anything about that kind of a play. Yeah, tough one. So they dropped the first one, eight to six. Going into Friday, uh, you know, again, uh, this was a close game. Angels lost 6-4. to four. Uh, Despagne's first game as an Angel gets a start. I remember Despagne with the uh, Padres being a guy coming out of the bullpen, coming over the Angels. Angels need help big time with arms. So he's starting. He pitched four innings, gave up seven hits, five earned runs, a walk, and three strikeouts. And again, just like the day before, the Angels jumped ahead early. Before you can know it, the, the Rangers were back at us. They scored right away. Yeah, um, it just seems like whether you're talking about the Rangers or even the A's now, um, teams in the AL West are just able to uh, put runs up in a hurry, kind of regardless of who they're playing. Uh, but the Angels haven't been able to benefit from maybe their lackluster pitching themselves. But, um, yeah, the Texas Rangers' offense is almost just as good as, I would say, the A's. Just, I mean, you look at the roster up and down. you got Odor. you got Gallo. If you make a mistake, he can put it in the fifth deck. Um, but it, it, it definitely sucks to see something like that happen when you, again, get up early and not able to hold it. It's uh sound like a broken record, but see the season in a nutshell. I mean, the bullpen goes four in or the starter goes four innings. Bullpen has to go another four innings. You're using three, four, five guys every night out of the bullpen on consecutive days, maybe four or five days in a week where the bullpen's getting, you know, just drained. People want to talk smack about the bullpen and how they're blowing games, but you got to remember how many times they've actually kept us in games and got us victory. So, I don't know. The Angels, again, this uh, this this game here was another one of those where you could rack it up to just the bullpen getting taxed. So, move on to Saturday, and this was like a slugfest, man. Two-hour rain delay. Yeah, you said a total uh, of six hours. Yeah, if you take total the rain delay, which was just about two and a half hours in the game time itself, it, it got close to six hours of. If you stay at the ballpark, good for you. I think they they started the game at it was like almost seven o'clock here, so that has to be nine o'clock out in Texas. Yeah. So if you uh, they finish the game after one o'clock, so that's if you stay the whole time, good for you. You're a, a baseball fan. That that's kind of crazy right there. Yeah, so the Angels won 11-7. to seven. Heaney threw five and a third, ten hits, six in runs, two walks, five strikeouts. Uh, it was, like I said, a slugfest. Pujols had a four-RBI game, and Otani hit that three-run pinch hit home run there in the yeah. late Ward, in the inning. Right? Ward got his first career yeah. home run as an Angel, or just in general. But, yeah, so the long ball definitely helping out. The, the rain didn't dampen that. But uh, something we were talking about before the podcast, Andrew Haney just not being able to – 
put it together on the road for whatever reason. Um, this season, he's 0-5 on the road with a 5-3-7 ERA. But then you turn it around and look at him at Angel Stadium, he's 7-2 with a 2.9 ERA. Something It just seems totally night and day. And, and it reminds me of someone that we talked about a couple weeks ago when we were talking about possible guys coming in as an Angel, maybe the offseason is a sunny gray, where yeah. his was the opposite. His home ERA is skyrocket, and his away ERA is you know is way down so um it's kind of funny to see how pitchers i don't know if it's just maybe the backdrop they're not used to something different or what but to see such a big uh change from home to away to me just seems kind of crazy yeah you know it's it just because most of the time it's not having run support and in this game we scored 11 runs but he just couldn't get it together so um moving on to the next game the Angels, you know, obviously trying to look for the split now. It's a four-game set. Another rain delay. I mean, Another, it, yeah. it was a really – for Southern California, it doesn't get a lot of rain in general. This was a lot of rain. Uh, I know we weren't we – weren't, we wouldn't be used to this. No, absolutely not. Uh, in this game, I don't have very many notes down, but I got the stats in front of me here. Jaime Barria went five innings, uh, seven hits, one only one run, one walk, and five strikeouts in this game. He pitched well, but the Angels' offense just couldn't really put it together, only scoring two runs. Yeah, and I believe that the reason why – and um, – I believe the reason why he came out was because after that fifth inning, I think that's when the rain delay happened. And so with the delay, bringing him back out, I believe. Um, but, yeah, um, another good start uh, as a 20, like we kind of said before, a 21-year-old. You're not looking to tax his arm right now. You're not really necessarily looking for innings. You're kind of keeping him on that pitch count. But, again, another great outing by him. Five innings, like you said, five innings pitch, one run. Um, you know, but, again, a three-run home, uh, three runs in the seventh for Texas is what kind of puts uh, – no pun intended a damper on the yeah. on the game for the angels that day but yeah. yeah definitely going into texas you would like for it to be one of those series where they get three out of three. four yeah you know if they take three out of four you know they move up a little bit in the standings there and we're with i mean i don't want to say we're within striking distance but you know it it helps you you're able to probably go four games over 500 and and definitely going into an arizona matchup where you're facing a team where they're winning the uh nos so it's, yeah. it's not exactly a an easy pushover kind of team it's a team that's on fire they're definitely playing for something so if you were able to get three out of four against texas a team that necessarily doesn't have anything to play for um it would have helped out your week total uh completely yeah so angels dropped the series to the rangers three games to one Moved on to Arizona, right here in uh, close by in Phoenix. Uh, game the game one. This was a close game. Uh, Felix Pena got the start. He pitched six innings and he struck out twelve. Man, he was on point with. Yeah, those. he it, seems a very hot and cold kind of guy. And this time he was on. He gave up some early runs, but it seemed to settle down after that. And I think if you look at his start, he gives up early runs, but if he can settle down, he he seems to be the guy that. After he gets out of the second inning, if he can get out of the second inning with maybe one or two runs, he'll be able to to, uh, to cruise right along. He goes six innings, like you said, four earned runs, 12 strikeouts. Um, you know, but again, kind of the offense and the bullpen kind of not necessarily holding their part. Yeah. I, you know, you had a, in this game, you had a cold count who had two hits. David Fletcher had three hits. Uh, Albert or uh, Anderton Simmons had two hits. The Angels had 10 hits in this game. The Diamondbacks only had eight. But we still lost the game five to four, and on an air, a throwing air too. Yeah. So, um, you know, simple ball put in play. Back to the pitcher, Camber Joseph tries to throw a third, overthrows it. So obviously, the guy on second going to third rounds third and goes home for a walk off in the ninth. So, yeah. um, a lot of people say it on online and on Twitter and wherever you want to look. They kind of mention it that oh, it's kind of how the season's gone so far for the Angels and you know throwing stuff away. But 
Um, definitely not a way you want to lose a game. In that situation, you want them to put the ball in play and have them make a play instead of you losing it by throwing a, a ball into you know the first row. Yeah, so they dropped that first opener against the series opener against the Diamondbacks. Only a quick two-game set. Moving on to yesterday's game, the Angels lost 5-1. to one. Despagne made a second start as an Angel, going four innings, five hits, three three runs, one walk, four strikeouts. Despagne, to me, is one of those guys who is just a spot starter. I think his he does better stuff as a long reliever. I think he's better, you know, as a long reliever. But he went in and gave us four solid innings. It was only 3 nothing headed into the seventh, I think into the seventh inning where the Diamondbacks scored two more, two more runs. Angels scored a run in the ninth, but no offense in this game. Yeah, only able to get five hits in the whole game. Another big side um, story to it was Fletcher uh, getting taken out of the game after, I believe, getting hit by a pitch. Yeah, and, no, he oh, no, foul, foul ball, foul ball off of him. And he actually – that's right, he actually got a hit that at bat – but when they made the changeover to go to defense, he had Co- uh, Cowart come out and play his position. So he's officially listed as day-to-day. Angels up with an off day today as we record it Thursday night. Um, so I guess we'll see what happens tomorrow, Friday, if they if he's in the lineup, if he's out of the lineup, if he's headed to the DL, which, um, you know, for Angels fans wouldn't be a shock to see another player going to the DL. But some good news, I guess, to kind of come out or going into Friday's game, you know, some reports out there, are that Trout will re- rejoin the team on Friday. Whether or not he plays is another story, but the reports out there is that he will be with the team on Friday when Houston comes to town uh, at Angel Stadium. I think at this point with Mike Trout... Um, no are, rush. There's no yeah, rush. I, I mean, there's some fans out there in social media who are really kind of bashing him for taking so long. Me, personally, take all the time you want. We're not in real serious contention for a playoff spot. Uh, you're putting him out there playing meaningless, pretty much meaningless game. And it's a serious situation, too. It's not something yeah. that... You know, oh, my dog died. Yeah. You know, it's something, you know, super serious. It's something that you hope nothing, it never happens to a family member of yours. So, yeah, I, I saw you actually sent me that post yeah. from a from a fan about it. And to me, it was just like, it kind of shows how fans can be, you know, dumb sometimes yeah. where it's not about the player it's itself. It's not about just yeah. winning games either, guys. I mean, the Angels really are in no contention right now for anything. I think right now we're at a point where you're seeing it. I mean, you got Fletcher, Ward. Uh, Arcia, Blash. You're about to say your favorite player, Blash, in the the lineup last night. Out there in the outfield. I mean, even if you look at the lineup last night in in, um, Arizona, you have Blash, you have Young. Okay, those guys are AAA players. You have Fletcher, Fletcher, Ward, Ward. uh, Coward. Those guys are probably AAA players if everyone's healthy. Um, So, again, you you know, it just seems like we're, for the most part, putting a four – 4A team out there, you know, a yeah. bunch, a little bit of major league or some uh, minor league players that probably should be still in AAA, but due to injury and, and you know some trades that you know have been beneficial. I'm not going to say they haven't been. Now you're kind of putting out a team that's more like a 4A team than a, than an actual major league yeah, baseball team. To me, bringing Trout in to play games right now, risking him getting hurt. Yeah, I know the season, but still, I mean, whatever. Just take your time at, at this point. You know what. I mean, it is what it is now. But another, another like, side note as far as injuries or whatnot, uh, there's a lot of reports coming out. Uh, Otani had uh, played a simulated game in Arizona. I guess he pitched really well. His arm felt good. He had no real setback. So there's a really good chance we're going to see Otani pitch again. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I don't know how you feel about it, but they are working towards him pitching back again this year. How do you feel about him um, possibly coming back? And kind of like we were saying with Trout, meaningless games, do you feel a – yeah, he should be. Well, I think with him, it's just to see where his arm is at. Um, he goes out there and he just his arm gets messed up again. Then you go and you do what you got to do, right? Uh, what happens if you don't pitch him 
And the next season, he goes in there. You know, he goes in into the first few days of the season, and he blows his arm out. So you, right. wouldn't you rather – I mean, I hate to say this, but wouldn't you rather have him blow his arm out now than later? Yeah. And, and have and him down that's, for two years? That's kind of what I, my thinking was right. where – if they think he's fully healed as far as this is as, as most healed you're going to get, you're not going to get more. Like, you know, if you break a bone, for example, once it's set, it's set. You're not going to – it's not going to be more healed. So if they feel it's like that and he's no more risk pitching now than he will be next year, then, yeah, like you said, do it now. So if it does happen, you have a whole offseason to um, get the surgery and also think of a plan B where if it happens next year, you know, let's say in, in, in April or May – now you're in the you know the beginning part of a season. Now you have to start thinking about what your plan B is going to be, and not have necessarily um, a big leeway to figure it out. So, I like him getting out there. I like him throwing. Maybe put him on a pitch count just to kind of see how he feels for the first couple of times. But definitely, uh, it definitely help his rookie of the year candidacy too if he can uh, keep hitting bombs and, and striking guys out. I the fact that he's able to contribute in some way is cool with me. So having him out there maybe as a DH or whatever. Uh, it's fine with me. Other uh, another news uh, pitching wise is Matt Shoemaker. He's pretty confident that he's going to pitch before the year is over. What do you think? Yeah, um, Matt Shoemaker is supposed to take a three inning simulated game tomorrow um, at Angel Stadium. So I'm guessing that's going to be one of his first tests, and then I'm guessing you know maybe a little rehab longer. Start. I don't know about rehab start, just because. Uh, a lot of the minor league teams are finishing up at the end of this or beginning of next month. So depending on how the timetable works, he might not have that time for to do it. Um, And you don't want to rush him back just to get him a rehab start. Um, But simulated games is a good start. Um, You know, a couple of bullpen sessions, maybe between simulated starts is another way of doing it. But yeah, he he came out and said that he feels confident that he'll be ready to pitch in September. Now, if that means early September, late September, I don't know. It's very vague, but um, the fact that he's working towards it and he's able to get, um, confidence enough to feel confident enough to say something like that, it, it, I think is a good sign for um, Shoemaker fans and Angel fans. That's good because with him, you want him to have that confidence going into the offseason and then kind of building his arm up <clears throat> towards the offseason instead of him building his arm up at the beginning of the spring training. This year he was kind of building his arm strength back up. He got back on the mound in spring training, and then he, I think he, what, maybe only pitched one game this year and then got hurt, maybe two. Yeah, he was a very quick uh, season for him. And the scary part is at the beginning, you can't, you, they didn't know really what was wrong with him. Everyone thought maybe Tommy John, but it wasn't that. It was something more nerve damage. So yeah. they definitely had to go the long way and just kind of literally sit and see what happens. There was no quick fix, no surgery to fix. So the fact that he's able to even move his arm and able to pitch um, is a good sign. Because when you start talking about nerve damage, you know, it, it, there's a lot of things that can happen that is not good for not only your baseball career, but, you know, he has kids, picking up his kids or something simple like that. So yeah. um, good to see that he's on the mend and being able to work his way back. Absolutely. All right. So moving on from it, all that injury reports, because, you know, the Angels had plenty of injuries. Let's get off that subject. Let's move on to 2019. The schedule got released. There's a few, like, s- spots in there that are kind of – Okay, catches your eye. Obviously, the, the 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 big one for me, other than the series in Ment- in Monterey, Mexico, is we're opening up the season again against the Oakland Athletics in Oakland. In Oakland again. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, so they open up on the road in Oakland on May, uh, March twenty eighth. Um, it looks like it's going to be another one o'clock game. So. To me, it's, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it sucks that it's it's on the road, but even it sucks even more oh, that's like yeah. But I say now you have to take a day off work to do it. But whatever, you know, this time I'll be able to do it, hang out with you guys for opening day. But yeah, I don't know. It, it to me, it's just weird that they. It's one thing to open up on the road again after 
doing it this year, but to do it again against the A's to me seems kind of like if they want to keep it local because they do have that um, last hand, uh, couple quote unquote spring training games against the Dodgers in LA and in and, and Anaheim, so they want to keep them kind of local. I get that, but you can also go open up against Seattle if you want to do that. Um, Houston, you know, Texas, keep it in the West. That's fine. But to go Oakland again, back-to-back years on the road, that kind of sucks. But kind of like what I was talking about before the podcast, to me, I think they had to do that because of the big new scoreboards they put out beginning of this year. So I wonder if if they talked to MLB and said, hey, we might need a couple more, uh, another week to get this upgrade finished in time. So, it's something you can maybe look forward to seeing. Maybe some kind of, I don't know what they would do. Those scoreboards are freaking awesome. So if they could do an upgrade every year until, you know, whenever, that'd be awesome. That'd be, that'd be great. Well, yeah. I don't know. I don't know exactly what they have in mind or whatever, but we'll see. But to me, uh, the series of Monterey Max, I was already I was talking to the curator. I think at the Sixers game. Is what they're going to get their sombrero hats, and they're going to head down I'm, south. I'm, I'm going. I'm going. Um, I mean, how can I not go there? It's pretty cool. You're out of the country. Major League Baseball game, um, I'm down. I and technically, it's a is it, no, it's a two-game set. It's a two-game set. Angel, Angel quote-unquote, home game. Astros. Yeah, against the Astros. It's May 4th and 5th, so single de mile. Yeah. So I guess I, I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but um, cool little thing they're doing, trying to get games everywhere. So yeah. um, that's definitely one of the, the unusual highlights of the year because before this, the Angels never played in Mexico that I'm aware yeah. of. No. Um, but some other – I guess games to kind of look out for is um, Albert Pujols making his return to St. Louis for the first time since becoming an Angel. Um, I think that'd be pretty cool for him and, and a lot of their fans. I'm sure whatever kind of animosity St. Louis had had for him when he left, I'm sure has died down. I mean, they won. I think they won a World Series that year or the year after that. So I'm sure they're they're not taking it too hard anymore. I they're gonna they're gonna cheer him. I don't see them booing him. You know, the majority majority of his stats are in a. Uh, Cardinals uniform. He'll probably go in the hall oh, as a card. Thing. As yeah, a card. For sure. So. Um, yeah, they also go to, to Wrigley. So I, I, I'm, I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of Angel fans trying to get to that game. But they go to Wrigley, they go to Cincinnati, and they go to um, St. Louis this year. And then Pittsburgh's coming here and uh, Milwaukee. But uh, yeah, I mean, if I had my way, I would probably try to go to Wrigley. But yeah, I, can, I, 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 yeah. So I got my sets, my eyes set for uh, a Seattle. Series. I wanted to go to Seattle in late May, yeah, early June for the weekend. So I can't fly. See, if I go to Monterey, Mexico, I can drive there. I can get. I've I've driven that far before. How far is that drive, drive though? It's like driving from here to Houston, Texas. Still too far I've for me. I'll it. fly. I've done it a bunch of times. I used to live out there in Houston. I used to come from Houston to Riverside a lot. So like yeah, hours, I'm gonna fly to to uh, you know. I'll, I'll yeah, I do because I'm the only one that drives. Because it's same <laughs> like three. Me and my fiance. Yeah, see, because you got a wedding to plan. You got a wedding to plan now. Mine's going to be done by then, so we're good. I'm married next year, so I can't spend money. But I can drive to Mexico and then stay with family over there. We don't have have that benefit. We're flying to Seattle. And and I'm dragging the curator with us. There you go. All right. So we're good. All right, so we're uh, going to take a break here. We're going to go to our commercials. And then we'll we'll return with our poll question of the week that we do every week. But – and then we'll start – we'll get into Curator Chronicles and listener emails. So we'll catch you guys on the other side of this break. Hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. 
Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Hey, I'm Trent Rush. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. What is up? We are back. Thank you for our, to our sponsors, www.groomgoon.com. Check out their variety of beard oils and bath soaps. Um, uh, www.epicradiotv.com in the high desert. And W or Instagram, the Alley Cat SoCal. Check out the Alley Cat SoCal on Instagram. Cool, uh, cool uh, line of clothing and uh, pomade for your hair. So that's the Alley Cat SoCal on Instagram. Let's go into our poll question. Daniel, take it from here, man. Yeah, for everyone that doesn't know or maybe new listeners, I post or one of us posts a poll question every Monday morning, afternoon, whenever I remember to do it. Um, you know, try and get, you know, it could be about baseball, could be about whatever, but um, the vote, you have to go on Halo, our Twitter account, Halo underscore Haven. It's the same thing as our Instagram account. So, again, Instagram and Twitter, the same, Halo underscore Haven. I'll post it Monday. I'll run until uh, the podcast. So, you know, like, for example, today was Thursday. Maybe it'll be a Friday. Whenever we do the podcast, it'll run that long. So, anyways, our poll question this week was talking about this upcoming weekend series against Houston is also 80s weekend at Angel Stadium. But also, MLB decided to drop in Players Weekend this weekend also. So, puts the Angels kind of in a situation where originally they were planning to wear their 80s uniforms all weekend. But now that it's Players Weekend, they're going to have to obviously wear the Players Weekend jerseys all weekend. And I heard that the Angels are going to wear their 80s uniforms on Monday. But... As a fan, I really enjoy the 80s uniforms. Any kind of throwback, retro, I really enjoy. Even the Periwinkle ones from time to time. I know John loves that. Absolutely not. So um, the poll question was super simple this weekend. What jerseys do you you prefer? And I put a uh, picture of both the the 80s uniform, which was a pullover, Mm non-buttoned-up, angels across the front, you know, the whole V-neck and everything. Very, very stylish, I think. I I would buy that in a second. Those are the best uniforms the angels Yeah. Or the players' player weekend uniforms, but has the nicknames on the back. They're two tone, something that they started last year. And I was surprised by how lopsided it was. But the '80s won eighty percent. That's kind of fitting. I just noticed that right now. Yeah. The '80s won eighty to twenty. Uh, fans prefer the '80s uniforms over the players' uniforms, which I agree completely. Yeah, dude, I voted for the '80s uniform. It's the uniform I grew up watching as a kid. It's the uniform that you know I watched my favorite baseball players playing. My second favorite uniform is that CA ninety three to ninety six logo. Yes, that one's um, nice too. Yeah, but eighties over the players the eighties. Yeah, uniform. yeah. I, and I, I always always say the same thing with um, with my fiance. Like next time I buy a jersey, it's not going to be a trout. It's not going to be you know a, a Simmons. It's going to be in throwback. You know, even if it's the eighties without a player on the back, just an eighties uniform. Chris, what is yours? I interject. I only wear game used uniforms. Only game used. Oh, okay, game used eighties uniforms. So. High fluting. No, but I agree with you guys. Uh, 
I would prefer the '80s uniform all day over the players' uniforms. They were cool. It's it's kind of like a cool little niche thing that they did last year, and but this year it's not as it's not as sexy as it was last year. Well, maybe my, maybe like the Showtime jersey stuff my, like that. My whole thing with the players' weekend is not necessarily that the jerseys are cool. Like don't get me wrong, it's cool to kind of see different colors in the jersey, but. The way they do with all the other stuff, the cleats, the bats, yeah. the arm sleeves. Like to me, I wish that's something that the MLB would have let them do year round. Because when you're out, when you see the guy at bat, with his, you know, you see a lot of Latin players do it with the color of their flag on their bat. Uh, to me, I think that's the coolest thing you can do because they're kind of constricted to a uniform like any sport is. But when you can kind of have something out there that has the individual flair to it, to where that player stands out, and especially in a in a in a league in a sport where it's hard to market some of your higher end players, um, if they can stand out and with you know a bat with an arm sleeve with a glove with cleats, I think that help that will help MLB, you know, um, get to younger viewers, which they're trying to I do. Guess the all question the time. is, are they going to wear those pants with the the waistband? Yeah, they, John, they go, I, I, they're I going. They're going I, all like in. The elastic, the elastic. Yeah, the, last time they wore it, I believe they did. Yeah, with the, with the uh, navy blue and red. Yeah, uh-huh. with stirrups. Oh, I don't know. I I'm sure so. some old school players will be wearing that. I mean, if they wear socks, I'm guessing they're going to wear stirrups. I don't think they're going to wear the stirrups. It'd have to be a special kind of guy to do that, and I don't think they. Kinsler's gone. I, I could call if Kinsler was still on the team. Yeah, being that kind of player, I could see him doing it. Yeah, but yeah, for sure. So I'm cool with the '80s as long as they never ever wear the periwinkle ever again. God, I want them to bring that back. Okay, I want them to bring that one back just just for like just one game, like, and I want you to go to that game. Uh just like, I don't know. Okay, here's my deal, and I'll let me. We, you know what really grinds my gears is the prairie boys uniform. What are, what is the Angels' nickname? Were the Angels like what are you talking about? What are they, what's their nickname? The what, Halos. Okay, right. Where the hell is the halo on the periwinkle? They took away the halo completely, so they weren't known as the Halos. And if you were referring to them as the Halos, there was no halo on their uniform. Secondly, it's probably the worst period of time for Angels baseball ever. I mean, just. But the blue, oh the periwinkle God. blue. Come on, the pinstripes. God, oh, it was terrible. Pinstripes so, was a good idea. Just not that way. I just don't. I didn't. With just a periwinkle and a little I f- gold. I feel like I should have a violin playing in the wing, background. Uh, fo- finishing 40 games under 500. Well, there's you that. You know, uh, you had Dave Hollins at third base and you had Mo Vaughn falling in the dugout. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Juden pitching, right? Come on, Finley looked so, good in it at least. Come uh, on. And, and Finley dyed his hair super blonde. <laughs> that was that funny. Yeah. <laughs> Why? I have no clue. But Terrible. Yeah. But um, 80s all the way. Yeah. yeah 80s, 80s, 70s, any kind of throwback uniform, I'm all for. I see some of the teams, and we brought it up a couple, I think was it last week or two weeks ago, where we wanted to see why um, – uh, who was it? That, oh, San Diego series where they had their way back Wednesday and they, oh, yeah. and they wore the, their 90s uniform. I don't, uh, I don't see why the Angels can't wear their uh, 80s uniform every Saturday. Or, yeah, know? Saturday or f- you want to go flash. Day. There's so many things on social media now. You go way back Wednesday, flashback Friday, throwback Thursday. You, they could do something every. Using the hashtag. Yeah. Any social media. Yeah. We, Angels call Sign us. Sign me up. Angels, call us. We'll, we'll help you with your social media because you probably got like a 90-year-old guy doing it doesn't understand it. Yeah, but other right. than that. It sure seems you know. that way. All right, so. let's, let's move on to everyone's favorite segment of the show. It is none other than The Curator's Chronicles. We're filling time while Chris finds it. This sound clip's about to run out in 20 seconds. 
<laughs> okay. Yeah, we're going to replay that in a little bit. So, John, you want to get back on the mic? But, yeah, so going back to throwbacks, um, player weekend, nicknames. What kind of nickname would you have on the back of – I think we talked about it last year. What nickname would you no, have on – we did on, numbers. Didn't we do numbers? I thought we did nicknames last year for this well, occasion. Uh, maybe we did. Well, yeah. mine would be Catfish. Okay. Chris is right. Okay, right, here right. we go. From the top, people. Here we go. From the top. Welcome to another edition of the Curators Chronicles with none only than the Curator here in-house. Uh, again, we have this date in Angels baseball history going back to August 23rd. Yesterday was my birthday, so uh, we'll skip forward. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah. That's Angel history right it there. It was all right. Angels history. <laughs> so August 23rd. Um, this one comes, this is an oldie. I know a lot of angel fans are only fans since what? 2002. So yeah, uh, this goes all the way back to the great year of 1967 and, um, wow. Talking about collecting hits and, um, all that good stuff. Uh, this comes from a book by, uh, John Snyder, the angels journal, but as always, the angels collected 25 hits as they wallop the Indians 16 to five in Cleveland. The hits consisted of 20 singles, two doubles, a triple, and two home two homers. Rick Reichart hit a grand slam off Ed Connolly during a seven-run fourth inning. Jim Fergosi was four for four on three singles and a double and scored four runs. And just talking about Rick Reichart, um, always his nickname was the Bonus Baby. Um, he received a $200,000 bonus. Woo! You know, and in today's terms, that's nothing. Um, if you converted that $200,000, they said it's about $1.5 million. And that was huge. And they instituted the draft after Rick Reichart because of the large sum of money that he got, and, and especially in that time. Um, he, he would have a decent career as an angel. I'm actually friends with him on Facebook. He's like 72, I believe. He's also Facebook friends official. with. He's also friends with Eli Gerbo, who I'm a I'm a friend friend with. Hey, all those names you're dropping, can you pick them up for us, please? Thank you. Yes, we're working on interviews with those guys. And lastly, we talked about Jim Fergosi, and John and I had the privilege of having Tom Duino in the studio, and Tom brought Jim Fergosi's actual like home family photo album that which he purchased off eBay. So John and I were geeking out over here, sitting here in Halo Haven and looking through like candid photos of Jim Fergosi, like all the scrapbook stuff. And it was just unbelievable. Like we didn't even know what was going on, right? Yeah, it was like legit scrapbooks that his wife, every every time his name came up in a newspaper clipping and Anything, any, any event he was invited yeah. to, pictures, uh, like you know, award ceremonies, napkins, scrapbook. There was a guys. There was a. We got the one from like the sixty. We got there was two from the sixties, and there was one from the late seventies. A scrapbook from the late seventies. I guess his wife would keep every year of his life. Yeah, pictures of yeah. him out at uh, fishing, dinner, fishing, deep sea fishing, deep sea fishing, and there was a. Um, 
for you hardcore angel fans, there was a uh, pamphlet of Lyman Bostock's funeral. It was an actual pamphlet that they give out in memoriam of his, his at his funeral, a pamphlet of Lyman Bostock's funeral. And that was crazy to, to, to look at. And then just to, to get that person on and look at it and go, wow, that's crazy. But Tom Duino hooked it up, and we were geeking out for sure. We also got to hold uh, Chili Davis's Player of the Year, Angels Team MVP Award, and stuff like that. Uh, Frankie Rodriguez's uh, pay stub, all that good stuff. Are we not supposed to say that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so that wraps up another edition of the Curators Chronicle. Stay tuned to next week. All right, so another edition of the Curator's Chronicles never disappoints. Let's let's move on to the uh, email questions of the week. Every week we open up our our uh, our show or se- we have a segment for our listeners to go ahead and email us at allangelspodcast at gmail allangelspodcast at gmail The first one comes from a loyal listener, Duncan Healy, all the way from Dead Horse, Alaska. He says, "Hey there, fellas. Welp, I'm going through the, the motions right now." Uh, at least last season around this time, we were still in the mix. Great interview last week with Rob Quinlan, by the way. Guys, I loved it. Uh, I have nothing else, you guys. Keep up the good work. So thanks, Duncan. There was really no question there. But yeah, nice I mean, but by this time last year, we were still in it because the teams in the wild card were also all around 500. Yeah. So it wasn't necessarily the Angels were doing so much better last year. It was more the group was falling back to the Angels. And, and you know, I think the team that ended up winning, I think the um, Twins that ended up winning that second wild card spot was only, what, like five games above 500? Something, like something nothing, nothing crazy. Where this year you have teams are probably going to be in the high to mid-90s going to win the wild card. So how different a, a year makes by for, sure. for that. This time last year, I remember being at your house when we signed uh, uh, Upton and At the uh, trade deadline. Brandon oh, the Phillips. second trade deadline. So I guess yeah. by this time next week, we'll – that deadline will be already gone and uh, passed, so maybe there'll be some movement. Um, yep. Yeah, because, yeah, next Thursday is the 30th. Yep. So. Uh, another question comes in from another loyal listener in Lamar Washington. He said, what up, boys? Man, you guys are just racking up them interviews. I loved it, man. Just like you guys said, we're a 500 ball club. Kind of sad to be out of it with a whole another month of baseball to play. Shaking my head. Hey, when are you guys going to uh, hit another hot, t- hot button topic, like all-time team, best player at that position, or – how about best player on the Angels from who was from California or America, or Latin American Angel? We we're actually kind of talking about that, right, Daniel? Yeah, I think, and we were actually talking about it for a while because we want to get a list. We want to make sure it's a good list, something that's beneficial to the viewers and also fun for us to put together. Um, you know, it has been a tough season, like a couple of the emailers have been saying, but one of the benefits of this year has been the growth of the Angels farm system, whether it's, you know, Joe Adele shooting up. Um, the overall prospect ranks or just having overall depth with uh, Jemai Jones, a uh, Griffin Canning, uh, you know, uh, 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 Brandon Marsh. So w- the list we're gonna, probably going to do for next year is more than likely going to be we're going to go same thing we did last time. We're going to go nine, nine batters, maybe one or two pitchers and um, but homegrown talent. Some people that were the Angels drafted. Um, we're not going to put a year stamp on it where, you know, last time was only for the 2000s, but uh, players either drafted by the Angels or were developed by the Angels. And when I mean developed, I mean spent at least maybe two years in the minor leagues getting developed by the Angels and getting brought up. So that's definitely something we'll work on for next week. Um, if you have one or if you want 
to kind of chime in with your list, giving you a week advance, go ahead and chime in. Email us again at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Um, we'll compare notes. We'll see yours. We'll see ours. We'll see where, we, where we're similar, where we, we got different. But um, definitely, definitely, um, that'll probably be our next list. Homegrown talent by the Angels, drafted, developed, brought up, contributed by the Angels. So you're not going to see fan favorites like Vladimir Guerrero or Tory Hunter Jr. Or not Tory Hunter Jr. Tory Hunter or, you know, even Bartolo Colon is going to be guys that, the, the angels developed and were able to make an impact for the team for sure okay our next email question comes from mike vigil he said hey guys hope all is well awesome interview with rob Quinn, quinlan seems like a really cool guy who's doing well in life he was always a guy the angels could count on to fill in when uh, they needed a solid when they needed him to like johnny mentioned in the interview he was a solid role player always be re- he will always be remembered by angels hardcore. here's a question for you sir it says curator that bobblehead is sure, sure is special, and he's, I think he's referring to the bobblehead you talked about last week that was your mother's. He said, a few months back in the podcast, you mentioned look, you were looking for that version of the bobblehead, but in the African-American version. Have you been able to locate one? Just curious, and how does one go about finding stuff like that? Wow. Thanks, Mike, for that great question. Uh, yeah, last week, uh, I think a listener actually asked me, well, like, what was the most special or most sentimental um, part of my collection? And it was that bobblehead that my mom got out of the game back in 1967, which she donated to the collection at Halo Haven. Um, but I did mention, like, one of my holy grail pieces was an African-American um, bobblehead um, from the early 60s. I actually know someone who has it. I tried to work out a trade. Um, I still haven't acquired it. I guess I don't have enough, uh, you know, enough to trade for it. Um, but yeah, I don't have the goods. Um, I'm working on it. Um, as far as acquiring it, I think there's one on eBay for 1200. Of course, I'm not going to pay that large sum. We got a bus to take care of. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. My wife would not go for that. And, um, there's a bunch of rare angels bobbleheads from the early sixties. There's one that looks very beetle esque. It looks like a, you know, like kind of like a Beatles, like early bobblehead, early sixties. That one goes for a ton of money, but that's one thing I'm still trying to find. And I'm also still trying to find an early 1960s angels transistor radio. I've seen one on Google images and it exists in angels folk- folklore. And, um, still trying to hunt that down. So is it, is so. It, do you just look at, um, estate sales, eBay, like what, what process do you eBay, go? Um, eBay, um, offer all- up, uh, swap meets, uh, yard sales, uh, people in the business just hitting me up and say, Hey, I got this that kind of stuff. So yeah, I got the, my feelers the, the, out. The, definitely. The, the black web. Yeah. The dark web. Yeah. 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 There's a black market. There's all these levels of angels, baseball fandom still working on that. So uh, great question, Mike. Yeah, that's a great question, and, and Chris is definitely the memorabilia guy that that you want to talk to when it comes to all that stuff. You know, uh, more so than me, and more so than John. If you want to know something about a certain kind of bobblehead, or you know, that know he's definitely. I'm not at the curator's level. I'm. Where, yeah. I'm. I collect, but not. I don't yeah. have. I didn't start collecting until I met Chris. I'm like, wow, I really start got to start doing something with so, this. Yeah. Got to do something with my life. Yeah. Right. Our last email question comes from Lauren Cod. She says. Another week, guys. The crying emoji face. Great podcast last week, always as always. Rob Quinlan was one of my favorites. I'm glad you guys interviewed him. Um, we have pictures with him from spring training in 2006. The Heavenly Halo. Wow, I remember that from back in the day. I wish to one day step into Halo Haven 
or the rally bus. Yeah, the Heavenly Halo again is, I guess, I had no idea it was as rare as it was, but you know, I donated it to uh, Halo Haven and the uh, museum. I guess the museum if you will, here at Halo Haven. Yeah. I got another one at home. So, uh, but yeah, the bus. You know, if you're ever, if, you know, probably next year. I don't know if we'll get a tailgate. In yeah, this year. maybe the maybe the last weekend. I mean, we'll that's see. we'll see what happens. We got a couple but, things on planned for our personal life, so we yeah. got to see if that all matches up. But, but definitely next year. I mean, we'll have tailgates. We'll have the bus out. I remember, there and, and then too, I don't know. Where Lauren, you're you're messaging from. I don't know if you're OC, if you're IE, but definitely, um, if you're IE, we're probably gonna start working some more stuff out with the Inland Empire 66ers and get it there maybe more than once uh, this year. Um, we definitely did the touch a truck. I, I think if they're interested in having us, I think we'll definitely do that again next year for the Inland Empire. But yeah, it, it's something definitely to see and definitely to uh, spend some time and hang out in. Yeah, uh, Chris. Chris is being summoned to yeah, the I mic. Know. Uh, Go ahead and uh, introduce our special guest today here. Okay, we have some special guests in the studio audience. This isn't something that we do on a normal occasion. If you guys are listening to the show, it's only been done, what, two times? Eris, who is the promotions director at the 66ers Baseball, and the ultimate Angels collector and friend of the the podcast, Tom Tom Duino. But we have two of the owners of um, a local brewery, something that I've been going to since probably... 2010, uh, when I still worked at the Mission Inn Hotel. But um, when I was building um, the actual the fan cave, um, Halo Haven, it was kind of powered by this uh, this beer that I would go and get. <laughs> not I'm even, not mon- joking. Not even Monster no or Red Bull, just this. No, it was really powered by this, the drywall and all that. But we have two owners <laughs> of the Packing House Brewery. Uh, one thing I really love about the Packing House is obviously their beers. But uh, they connect the local history of Riverside and their Angel fans. And so we've made a connection to them. And uh, we're going to let them jump off, um, jump on the podcast and just kind of talk about the brewery and kind of talk about their fandom and, you know, kind of like the earliest memories of going to a game or whatever you want to share. So uh, go ahead, guys. All right. Well, thanks for having us. Uh, uh, this is Sam. I'm one of the owners of uh, Packing House, and I'm, I'm with Ron Gomez here. And uh, this is really cool. This is a fantastic place. It's really uh, yeah. You guys could, should see this place. It's amazing. Yeah, it's we're, uh, we're pretty impressive. Out over everything that's in here. So uh, we brought several uh, beers, and we're uh, we've been kind of pouring for the guys as they've been speaking. Uh, <laughs> so uh, it started off with the Bell Tower Blonde, and then they moved on to our latest beer, which is Spanky's Wheat, and then uh, Riley's Irish Red. So as uh, Chris was mentioning, Bell Tower is a reference to uh, UC Riverside. And uh, for those of us maybe 40 and older, uh, Spanky's is a is a is uh, also a downtown Riverside reference. I don't know if, Ron, you want to talk about yeah, that? Yes, Sp- Spanky's was an old uh, music venue that... Um People like Sam and myself uh, spent way too much time in, uh, so it was it was fun. So yeah, we uh, we try to incorporate things throughout Riverside, um, Riverside history in our in our names in our beer names. Um, it's you know we're basically Riverside lifers, so we uh, it's really important for us to to incorporate that stuff. Yeah, and, um, and and that works out great with John being a Riverside lifer and Chris as well. I'm kind of a an import from 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 you know San Bernardino County, but anyways. Um, so talk us, to us about your Angel fandom. What was there a certain year of a team, or was it kind of something you grew up on? What what made you guys become uh, Angel fans? Well, go ahead. 
Uh, just just going to games ever since when I was uh, very very young. My dad or my grandpa would take me to games, and uh, I was just you know Bobby Gritch, Rod Carew, uh, you know Langston, all those guys. Just just always go to the Big A, and then just kept on uh, uh, following all the way through up in you know the nineties and et cetera, you know until that uh, one magical year. And I still remember exactly where I was standing uh, the Spezio home run uh, as that was going on. That rally was happening. I was with a bunch of my buddies and. That rally started, and we we just stood still and kept on playing the same song over and over again because we didn't want to break up the mojo of that of that rally. So, and so, uh, you know, it's, it's just been great. So, you know, I love it. Big Halo fan. Yeah, for me, uh, I'm I'm a little older, so <laughs> it goes back to um, actually my next door neighbor was a guy um, that back in the '60s and '70s was uh was probably the modern day version of these guys he was a guy <laughs> named name uh went by the name of halo harry and he would go to the angel games um he's in all the papers it was i mean he was kind of a, a pretty popular figure back in the back at that time and uh he happened to be my next door neighbor he moved in and that's kind of where i started my uh my love for the angels and it really hasn't uh, diminished since then i've been through all the ups and downs and obviously this season isn't what we uh had all hoped for when uh when they signed shohei in the beginning of the, up the and year and, and yeah. you know everybody else but um yeah so for me it's i've it's been a long 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 time so um yeah so i mean chris mentioned it. you guys own a brewery like i don't know how many buddies of mine that said you know what would be really cool hey let's make our own beer oh hey let's do this so what what made you guys not only just you know maybe do it out of the garage but take it to the next level and 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 can your beer and 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 you know sell it and everything what what made that idea was it was it a night of drinking that said hey we can do this yeah it was kind of a night of drinking like yeah. that. <laughs> it was uh <laughs> uh me and a couple other guys a uh, guy uh one of the original brewer was a you know big home brewer I brewed a little at home, but he had a little more extensive uh, uh, history at it, and we just decided to, to go for it. And then about a year, year and a half later, we, we, we opened up. And so it's just a labor of love. We just keep plugging away, and uh, we, we, we love what we do, making great beer. We think we make really, really, really solid beer, and uh, we try to give everybody a big variety of styles and just kind of go for it. Yeah, like what Sam said, that's uh, that's really it. I mean, it's... It's something that just, uh, you know, Sam is one of the original partners. I was around um, right from almost the very start just as a customer, and, and uh, things happened to where I was able to, to jump on in, and I've been, been around from the beginning. Um, but it really is that. It's a labor of love, and, um, you know, <laughs> it has to be a labor of love because we're, uh, <laughs> we're not making our mortgage based on um, <laughs> brewing beer. So, um but uh, anyway, yeah, it's it's been a it's been a fun fun thing for us to do, and we continue we'll continue to do it as long as we can. Yeah, we we totally get the whole labor of love stuff because what we do here we we don't get paid for, but we do it because we love it. So we understand that. So where 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 exactly like for the people who maybe are in the OC, maybe want to come down over here, maybe they're out here in the Inland Empire. Where can they where can they find you guys? Where are you guys located? Well, we we recommend they just come directly to the brewery. So. Uh, Right over there on Central Avenue behind the Municipal Airport. Uh, you can come down. I mean, you can find us in some local local uh, bars and restaurants and liquor stores around town. But um, um, 
we can't we can't really say too specifically re- retail establishments uh, legally. So uh, come down to the brewery. We got the comfortable tasting room and uh, you can sample everything there. So. And kind of uh, this, you know, having them in the studio, this kind of came out of um, a podcast a few weeks ago. We were actually, I was doing like a live video. Social media, got to love it. Some guy that follows us, who's an Angel fan and also a fan of the Packing House Brewery, was like, hey guys, that's funny. I was driving home from the Packing House down your street and I saw the bus out in front, which is kind of weird, you know, somebody's in front of our house and all that, but uh, it kind of <laughs> Your started, house, not my house. Yeah, it kind of started there. We reached out to the Packing House. We kind of seen these guys around, been fans of the brewery for a while, um, but uh, it's always nice to have Angel fans and fans of beer and uh, really good. What goes what, what goes what goes goes better together than beer and baseball? I mean, yeah. and, exactly. you know, and uh, we we see a lot of breweries pop up, especially in the Inland Empire. It's just exploded in the last ten years. And I was talking to Sam last uh, Friday, but um, there's only there's only one brewery that's really capturing these awards um, when it comes to competition and uh, really excelling. I mean, you can put a brewery out, you get enough money, you get funds raised, but they're actually winning awards yeah, from, it's you know, from judges stuff. and stuff. Yeah. So It's definitely good stuff. <laughs> judges from what, and stuff. From what, uh, so. from what we've been able to taste, I, that blonde was really good we had during the podcast. I'm just going to say that right now. So definitely get out there and, and, and hit up the brewery. Um, do you guys want to plug? Do you guys have social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter, anything like that you guys want to put out there? Oh, yeah. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I think it's just Packing House Brew, our, our P House, Packing House Brewing Co. So, yeah, and so uh, yes, please give us a follow on the social media. We appreciate it. We do have a uh, our website is pbbeer.com. It's right in the middle of being uh, uh, updated. So if you go on there right now, don't um, don't don't judge it. Don't judge it. So. <laughs> Under construction. No, that's yeah. Completely we're also. I mean, I mean, we're talking about doing a live podcast at the brewery, stuff like that. Maybe an angel watch party here, watch party, party stuff like that. So yeah, uh, stay tuned for all that. Right. Thank you, thank you for having us, or thank you for coming over. Yeah, man, it's uh, having us. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, all right. <laughs> no, let's, no, wrap no. The, let's wrap this up, and so we can get to it then. Yeah, man, it's good stuff. We like like Sam was saying, you've been, been, been pouring for us, and I mean, there's not been one yet that I haven't liked. I mean, geez, yeah, I had that dark one right now, and I love that one too. So. That blonde one was great, and the one right after that was really good, too. So, um, yeah, give them a follow on their Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Look for them. Um, They're here in Riverside, California on Central Avenue. Um, just look them up and then just hit up the brewery and check it out, guys. We yeah, definitely. definitely. I mean, we'll be you're probably hearing more of them from us, uh, you know, in the in the coming you know weeks and probably you know even leading into the next next season of Angels Baseball, where hopefully we can get together and then make like a watch party. Maybe we can do like a live podcast, see what's going on. Yeah, but yeah, definitely, definitely love their product. Definitely love. Um, the angel fandom that's connected with it and everything like Absolutely, that. And not man. only that for you, I know for you being a Riverside home and grown kind of guy, what they do with that is, is definitely cool too. We get some smudge pot merch going there too, right? Go. Chris, if, if you guys uh, don't know, uh, Chris and myself and have ventured into the uh, 18, world of 1880s uh, baseball, vintage yeah. baseball. Good luck with that. Follow our Instagram. It's Riverside smudge pots baseball, or is it just Riverside smudge pot? Yeah. That's Chris. Yeah. So uh, we uh, we're gonna do it, man. Sunday is our first uh, kind of practice. So we'll I'll be there filming because uh, yeah, I'm good. But, I'll, uh, I'll be there with the give us a follow on there on Instagram, Instagram so Live Riverside Smudge Pots. So all right, guys. Well, that's gonna wrap it up for us today. Just, you know, thank you guys for listening. Thanks to all our loyal listeners and everyone checking us out on on um, 
Apple, uh, I, I, uh, iTunes Podcast. Beer's kicking in. We got to go. Speaker.com. <laughs> All right, guys. That's going to wrap it up. I'm Johnny Mags. I'm Dan Garcia. And you've listened to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And... Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs. A gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts to hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine.